weekday from 10 to 1. It's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Underway for a Monday, the 15th, day after Valentine's Day. Hope your day of love went well. well I, know. Hope, I hope yours did, too. Um, my Monday went fantastic. Wish my wife a happy Monday. Made my wife a uh, Monday dinner. And that's all we did is we wished each other a happy Monday. That's nice. Yeah. So we had a, a very so, good time. Still an overreaction as far as I'm concerned, but, you know, it's, it's your thing, not mine. Well, no, the overreaction happened about six years ago. Well, and now, at any rate, whatever caused it. Now now we've uh, pretty much taken care. There is no overreaction because there is no reaction in the first place. Yay, us! Okie doke. Um, Dow futures are up 407 points as of right now. But don't freak out. There's still over an hour for it to flip around and be in the red by the time we start the day. That is true. Man, it has just been uh, amazing after... It's like a light switch flipped January 1st. Yeah. You know, last year, it's like you would have some times where it would go down, but then it would jump right back up, and you would see it continue to go up and up and up all throughout the last year, basically since the pandemic you know, closed everything down. Mm-hmm. This year, it's like so volatile. Since January 1st, it just seemed like a, a like I said, a uh, switch was flipped and you'll see 500 points up and then like today, 400 points up and then the next day you'll see Friday was 500 points down. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think we're going to be in that a little like, while. Uh, like being an elevator operator. Yeah. I don't know how much of this is going into uh, what could possibly happen in Ukraine, but I think that has a, a lot to do with it. Um, Russia says that there still may be time to do something diplomatically <laughs> so i don't know if this is bec- this now is the response to that mm-hmm. with the uh, stock market because you know yesterday they were talking about hey it's imminent biden and all the other european countries were telling everybody all their citizens get the hell out now don't wait you have commercial flights so get on so, those and get out of the country right now so russia believes that they can find a diplomatic solution to the fact that they want to take over country uh, uh, from uh, land from another country I, I i think that um which would mean all right what are you going to give us wouldn't that be called a surrender would what what do you no i think it, i think it's a negotiation and all right what will you give us to back off from the border. Mm-hmm. Come on, United States. What are you going to, what you were, you've threatened sanctions against us if we invade. So what are you going to give you us want, if we don't invade? You want Crimea? Crimea River. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, the unfortunate thing is that's probably, you know, you see how this happens a lot of times with countries who are at war or, you know, who are threatening war. It's like, hey, if you don't invade or if you don't do this, we yeah. promise that we'll make it easier for you to get oil or something like that i'll just use that <laughs> as an example so i don't i don't know what's going on but it, it is kind of interesting to watch um you know the headlines like i said yesterday it looked like that everybody was saying hey the invasion is imminent could be happening this week it's not a matter of um if but just when it'll happen and now um I'm sitting here watching it right now. MSNBC. Russia signals it sees a diplomatic path on Ukraine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the diplomatic path, of course, is don't invade. 
yeah, we, we think we can settle this uh, peacefully if you just give us your <laughs> land. So um, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but I like the fact that the uh, stock market is uh, still up. Um, late news yesterday, uh, last night, Boise School Board has approved a mask optional plan. I believe, I could be wrong here, but I'm going to go out on a limb. I think Boise School District is the only school district in the state of Idaho that still requires masks. I, I, masks. I think that's correct. So from now on, masks will be optional. Well, not quite yet. Um, it doesn't take effect until March 28th. Um, they wanted to start it at the uh, beginning of the fourth quarter. So their their current quarter ends, and they want to start it at the beginning of the fourth quarter on the 28th. Why I'd pick a you know uh, a a date that right i mean i don't think covid watches you know when the third quarter ends and the fourth quarter starts but okay um part of the reason that they wanted to do it then is because it allows a couple of weeks for people parents of of children who don't want to send their kids to school when it becomes mask optional because i think it's too dangerous for their kids to be in school yeah that's true i hadn't thought about that group but uh there are ones who, if if the kids are not wearing a mask, they want them to stay home. Yeah. So this allows them time to try and figure out schooling options so that they can still continue um, their schooling at home. So gotcha. that's why it's going to take a couple of weeks. Anyway, that's new news out uh, so far this morning. And by the way, if you're wondering if they're just you know doing this willy nilly and you keep hearing that uh it's it's still very high covid infections for the state of idaho um covid cases appear to be going down in the school district uh according to the district's dashboard quite a bit by the way during the week of february 7th which is the latest week that they have data for Mm -hmm. the district reported 141 positive cases of the virus for the entire district january 17th um about three weeks ago they had 952 positive cases so um, in the free- previous, you know, three weeks since it's dropped, you know, quite significantly. Um, so that's why they're able to begin their mask optional policies. West, West Ada already has mask optional policy in, in their school district. So and like I said, I believe Boise, um, I haven't paid attention to like East Idaho or North Idaho, but I, I think Boise School District is the only district in Idaho that actually has a... Uh, mandatory mask policy um i think boise the uh, city of boise right now the only city i do know this because um sun valley ketchum area rescinded their mask mandate boise is the only city now who requires masks in all their government facilities oh like city hall yeah city hall if you go in yeah anywhere that the city is in charge of um up until uh last week it had been ketchup uh, Ketchum and Sun Valley also had mask mandates, uh, but they rescinded their mask mandate. Is Boise far behind? Probably not. I mean, the, you know, the the more time goes by, the the closer we are, I guess, to not having the problem anymore. Yeah. So I, in, I don't. In theory, anyway. We talked about this last week with um, you know liberal governors and states and cities starting to rescind their mask mandates. Uh, I don't think Boise could be that far behind. Who knows? Yeah. If point. a current rule and uh, a current bill in the state passes, though, they'll have no option. Yeah. Because uh, there's a current bill working its way through the legislature that would say that city governments um, will no longer, no longer have the right to uh, require masks. 
be interesting to watch and see that whether or not that passes the legislature this year or not because so they're they're going to oppress the cities now well you you run the risk here's the thing i understand it's a knee-jerk reaction it's like covid whether you think it you know masks work or not but what happens if something does come along in the future that we do know now masks do work against and you've not allowed anybody to have have masks mandated we have a giant medical emergency but according to law we can't do anything about it we can't do it because of the legislature that's we just just called to say you're on your own that's the thing that uh is weird to me it's time for our first check on what's going on uh with sports this morning brought to you by fat guys fresh deli and meridian uh it is continuing to be soup season with the rain showers overnight definitely a a soup type day today and if you want to get in some great soup today Today, chicken cordon bleu and split pea and ham. Wow. I love split pea soup, but I've never had their split yeah. pea. I may have to make a stop today. I'm going to have to order two bowls. Yeah. Um, so get into Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian for lunch. Good morning. The Boise State men's basketball team received yet another award from the Mountain West this week. For the seventh time this season and fourth week in a row, the Broncos' Tyson Degenhart was chosen the Mountain West Freshman of the Week. In the two games against UNLV and Colorado State, Degenhart averaged 15.5 points and 5.5 rebounds while shooting 50%. He was in double figures in both games and has now had 10 or more points 14 times this season. The Broncos play at Air Force tomorrow. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. All right, here's your update on Mountain West basketball today. There are games to be played. Utah State will be at San Diego State tonight. Wyoming heads to New Mexico, and San Jose State will play at Nevada. That sets up the game for Boise State tomorrow at Air Force. UNLV will also play tomorrow at Fresno State. I'm Rick Worthington. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 623, good morning. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Phone lines are open. You can also call us toll-free 1-800-529-5264. If you have a Verizon phone, pound 670 and if you want to email us, you can do that too. Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Send us an instant message, or you can text the same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Um, I'd be interested to find out just how excited kids at uh, Boise School District might be, whether about uh, no longer having to wear masks. Having to wear a mask if, if, if they don't want to. It's becoming mask optional beginning on the uh, 28th that you just heard. Um, kids at a Las Vegas elementary school were told recently, um, these are all five-year-olds, by the Mm -hmm. way, in kindergarten, were told recently that they don't have to wear a mask anymore. Take a listen to this. Starting tomorrow, we don't have to wear masks anymore! Uh, you know what that reminded me of? Remember the uh, thing we played the other day from the uh, Waste Management Golf Tour mm-hmm. where the guy hit the hole-in-one? Yeah. That, these five-year-olds in the video, they're throwing it stuff up a, in the air. <laughs> it, was, it was a similar amount of enthusiasm. Um, so if you don't think kids care, there there's some kindergartners in a Las Vegas school that uh, beginning uh, the next day didn't have to wear masks, and you could see how excited that they were 
I mean, that that was like somebody well, telling you, him, you hey, could, Santa Claus is coming tomorrow. You could hear it anyway. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think there's going to be some excited people that, you know, but uh, the flip side of that is, of course, as we talked about, there will also be some people that think you're putting their children and their families at risk because you've taken away a, a mask mandate. Well, nobody's perfect. But that's why they're giving them till the 28th once again, and uh, that is to allow them to find time so that they can do some either homeschooling or schooling, you know, through the uh, internet. So that will be available to uh, people who don't feel like they want their children going into a maskless school. <gasps> God forbid. <laughs> 208-336-3700, pound 670 on Verizon Wireless. Stick around. Uh, today we have tickets coming up for the Boise State game. There is a home game coming up. We're down. What is it? We're down to five games left, I believe. Yeah, I think so. I think it's five games. Um, so there's a home game coming up this Saturday night. We will have tickets to that game if you would like to go. Stick around for that. Plus, of course, we still have that $50 gift certificate that we'll be giving away. And we have that all this week uh, to La Peep in Meridian. Great breakfast, great lunch. If you want to get in there, uh, absolutely free. We have a chance for you to do that. And then Friday morning, just a reminder again for you, uh, we have a chance for you to uh, get your $50 KBOI sweet deal from La Peep. It's only 25 bucks for you. Once again, this is one that sells out quickly. Most of our, our deals sell out very, very quickly. Uh, this is one that will be gone um, yeah. probably within the first five minutes on Friday morning. Can't get it till then. Yeah, our last one, what? Uh, t- t- two, two, minutes, two minutes and six, six seconds, seconds was for uh, Lock, Stock, and Barrel the other day. And that was for 160 Right. Um, so, yeah, it gives you an idea of how quickly they go. I believe there's a hundred. I'll have to double check. I think there's a hundred for La Peep. So, um, anyway, be ready. Whatever it takes to remind you coming up Friday morning, nine o'clock, be ready to go to KBOI.com. Click on that sweet deals link and you can get that $50 gift certificate to La Peep. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Six thirty-three. Got some basketball action for you tonight. Boise State women's basketball team, Colorado Springs tonight to take on Air Force. Tip off six thirty. It will be happening here on your flagship for Bronco basketball, both men's and women's basketball. You can listen in here six seventy KBOI tonight, beginning at uh, six thirty. That is on six seventy KBOI. Mm-hmm. Kind of a new thing this year. Having the uh, women's games on. Yep. So you never have to miss a minute of the action. And, of course, you also get the uh, men's game on 670 KBOI. That will uh, be happening this week. And uh, there are also times where that will also be on 93.1 FM in addition to 670 KBOI. Occasionally, yes. We also have those tickets to give away coming up for this uh, Saturday night's game. You want to get those tickets, make sure that you are uh, listening in. Matter of fact, uh, we're going to have a couple chances for you to win tickets this morning. So uh, just stick around. Lock in your speed dial at 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We'll give those away a couple times before 10 o'clock. Um, some good news for those of you who are going to be going to the game coming up at Extra Mile Arena this weekend. Uh, maybe you're going to go to the gymnastics meet. Utah State, Extra Mile Arena coming up the 18th at 7 p.m., Concessions are back! Yay! Yay! Yeah, so you'll be able to uh, buy yourself concessions and not have to starve to death during basketball bring, games. Bring money. Well, yeah, of course, it'll cost you money. But uh, at least you will be able now to buy yourself you know, soft drinks, popcorn, 
uh, dogs, things like that. So that begins the uh, concession. What, what's what's surprised, what surprised me is is I well, first of all, I've never seen them suspend uh, concessions before until recently. But when they did, I figured like maybe you could bring in your own bottle of water or something. Nope. No, 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 you're not allowed to bring in anything. You'll get nothing and like it. <laughs> I want a hamburger. No, I want a hot dog. Where where are all those people? I mean, because if you sit there and you go to a basketball game, you know, if you go there and get there to get your seat, get yeah. set up. I mean, a basketball game, maybe this goes into overtime. It could be three hours. Where are all those people who are complaining that people have to stand in line to vote are going to starve to death or, or they're going to die of thirst complaining that, hey, Boise State, well, I guess they do allow you to get uh, drinks, uh, drink water. There's water stations set up, but. You know, what about those people who are going to die of, you know, starvation for having to be locked in a building for a few hours? Um, unless they're planning to vote. Uh, I guess we don't care. <laughs> I guess not. KBY News Time, 636. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 641, good morning. Thanks for listening in. Phone lines open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Remember the uh, TikTok trend of uh, eating Tide Pods? Oh, yeah, that was dumb. Uh, apparently, there's uh, another dumb TikTok trend that... Uh, Isn't dumb TikTok trend <sighs> sort of redundant? Yeah, kind of in this day and age. This is even worse than the Tide Pods, apparently... Uh, though um, it's the Benadryl challenge. Have you heard about that? No, I haven't. Benadryl? Benadryl. Apparently uh, kids are taking mass amounts of Benadryl and filming themselves because when you take a lot of Benadryl, it causes hallucinations, um, fractured sentences, not being able to talk well, and basically it gets you drunk or high. And then you film yourself and you post it to TikTok and... You'd, you'd think with all the video games that, you know, people have that, that that they wouldn't need to look around for other stupid things to do. 14-year-old girl, girl took 14 Benadryl pills in the middle of the night. Her older sister called her grandmother for help, wanting to avoid getting in trouble with the parents. Said it was scary. Her resting heart rate was 199. Wow. That's a lot. By the yeah. way, resting heart rate's usually around, what, 70? Something like that. 80, something like that. Two other teenagers were also treated for Benadryl overdoses at Cook Children's Hospital at the time after watching online videos on TikTok. Monkey ben, see, monkey do? Is yeah, that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's like the, the cinnamon challenge. It's like the Tide Pod challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, Benadryl, common over-the-counter allergy medicine, treats symptoms like rash, itchy, watery eyes, coffee, runny nose. I don't know about you when you had kids. We had Benadryl around all the time. What was it? I was watching some show, and on the show they were watching Jackass, and the kid goes, "Hey, that's imitatable." Twenty-eight <laughs> um, percent of TikTok users are under the age of eighteen. Other recent stupid trends on TikTok: Sleepy Chicken. We talked about that, where you cook your chicken in like a bottle of cough syrup. Yeah. Uh, there's the blackout challenge, which encourages users to hold their breath until they pass out. If you're going to do one, that one seems to be a now, little bit safer because you're not putting something in your body that could be dangerous. Are any of these put together by people age 21 and over, or is this all teenagers? I would imagine that there might be some older 
age people taking the challenge. Because if you're 21, I'm thinking, you know, if you're really trying to have some sort of alternative mindset right now, artificially, uh, why not just, you know, have a beer? It, it would really save you a trip to the emergency yeah. room. Food and Drug Administration, by the way, has issued a warning about the serious health effects and issues with high doses of Benadryl, as if, you know, we didn't maybe have an idea that they would cause problems. Taking too much, they said, leads to heart problems, seizures, coma, and death. Says on the bottle to take one pill at a time and you take 14. Guess what? If your child has a TikTok account, it's a good idea to monitor their social media. The uh, law of the, uh, what is it, survival of the fittest may kick in and... You might not get to grow up and have kids of your own. Yeah. Yeah, this is, you know, definitely, I don't, I don't want to see anybody die, but yeah, this kind of is Darwinism at its finest, right? <laughs> Thinning the herd Thinning from the, people that have stupid genes. Thinning the herd, yeah. Yeah. Um, with all the stuff on social media that seems to get deleted and censored, you would think that TikTok on some of these challenges would immediately go in and just delete the video and not let them post. Well, they would, except this is probably uh, how TikTok makes a lot of money. Exactly. It's definitely how they got on the radio this morning. Exactly. Well, you know, hey, look at we're this. making money on this, look so this, we don't uh, want to... If somebody, if a few people die, big deal. We're making millions. What was it? When, Liber- when they criticized Liberace, he said, I cried all the way to the bank. <laughs> KVOI Newstime 645. Once again, your kids are on social media. Just monitor. It's your job. Well, raise smarter kids if you can, you and know, if it's if at all possible. And if you're if you're in the age of uh, using TikTok and listening this morning, don't take the Benadryl or the Sleepy Chicken Challenge or the Cinnamon Challenge or the Tide Pods or the Tide Pod Challenge. I think that one's over. I think they finally realized, wow, this is kind of dangerous. I could die. KBY News Time 645. Let's get a check on what's going on sports wise once again this morning. Get into Fat Guys Fresh Deli for lunch every day, Monday through Saturday. They open up at 1030. They're there really early in the morning, making everything from scratch. And that's one of the reasons why they are rated the number one deli in the state of Idaho. Get in for lunch today. Find out just how good they really are. Good morning. You know, you got to be at least a little proud of Cooper Cup. He's that kid that was a scrappy receiver at Eastern Washington playing on the red turf. And now he's a Super Bowl MVP and probably the best receiver in all of football. His head coach, Sean McVay, still beaming about winning the Super Bowl and also had some really nice things to say about the young kid from Eastern Washington. It's the cliche thing you say, but I'm better as a coach and as a person for being around Cooper Cup, and that's just the truth. He's got such a great way about himself. And, you know, he's always been this way, but this year especially, there was a stillness. There was a peace and there was a joy that he was playing with where he's got a purpose with Anna and his two boys and his relationship and trust in the Lord and how that really can guide a, a, a steady path. And he's made such an impact on me. Guys like Cooper Cup or why you coach, I just feel so blessed to be, be around somebody as special as him. The year the Cooper Cup has had is pretty miraculous when you look at it. I mean, he won the triple crown of pass catching, which never happens. He led the league in receptions with 145. He had 1,947 yards, that was the most, and 16 touchdown catches, the most in the league. On top of that, was named the Offensive Player of the Year for the NFL, and then wins Super Bowl MVP. Not bad, Cooper Cup. I'm Rick Worthington. 
Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Coming up for you uh, this morning, we still have those tickets, as promised. Boise State tickets, Extra Mile Arena once again coming up this weekend. Keep listening for your chance to win that. A reason to uh, lock in your speed dial, 208-336-3700. The other reason is because coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, we have another Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. It's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Uh, you need help with your real estate buying. Maybe you have a, a house you want to sell. Make sure you get the highest price you possibly can. They can help you do that, 208 208- 888-4128 is the phone number to get through. Uh, today's damn near impossible question, $50 gift certificate to La Peep in Meridian. Fantastic breakfasts. Uh, you like bacon. You like eggs. You like uh, corned beef. Uh, yeah, they, the corned yeah, beef are hash. You, are you alive? <laughs> you like good food. You're going to get it there. Plus, mimosas, a bunch of different flavors of mimosas for you, too. Um, our question today, one more question having to do with Super Bowl today. In the very first football championship, Super Bowl, they had two second-half kickoffs. Why? Why did they have two second-half kickoffs in the very two, first Super Bowl? Two uh, kickoffs to start the second half. To start the second half. Gotcha. Yeah. So if you know, stick around. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's time for the KBOI Medical Moment, brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho, featuring Dr. Jim Polo. Dr. Polo, good morning. Good morning. Now, a lot of us want to start things off here, probably don't think twice about taking over-the-counter pain relievers, but uh, might be something that we should be thinking about and not taking them too lightly, right? Yeah, that's correct. You know, uh, over-the-counter pain relievers are some of the most commonly sold medications, Motrin, uh, naproxen, uh, acetaminophen, but as it turns out, you know, if you're not careful, there can be some significant side effects. Is there some new side effect that's showing up? Well, a recent study has just been published um, that showed that if you are a frequent user of over-the-counter pain relievers, you're at a significantly higher risk for developing what's called tinnitus, and tinnitus is ringing in the ears. So if you ever had that that sense of ringing in the ears, it can be highly highly annoying, but up to 20% uh, of folks that are chronically using over-the-counter pain relievers will experience this ringing in the ears. So what should we take away from this report? Well, what it, what it tells us is that we still have to be careful with over-the-counter medications and not assume that just because you don't need a prescription that they're perfectly safe. But I always recommend to folks that if they are taking any kind of medication, even over-the-counter medication, before you make a dramatic change, either by increasing use or decreasing use, consult with your doctor first and make sure that uh, your your primary care doctor is aware of, of what you're suffering from and aware of what you're taking and can give you good guidance and advice. On another uh, timely topic, even though the Treasure Valley has had quite a run of sunny days this winter, it's still the time of year when some of us can experience depression due to the shorter days and periodic gray skies. Can we talk about this for a couple minutes this morning? Oh, yes. This is a really important topic. This is uh, a seasonal affective disorder, uh, which is a form of depression that really occurs very specifically 
uh, in the winter months. It usually affects about 5% of the adult population in the United States, but it's much more prevalent in the northern states versus the southern states. So, for example, in Florida, it's only about 1%, but if you're up in Oregon, Washington, Montana, Idaho, it's more like 10%. Isn't this just one of those things, though, that'll take care of itself eventually, because eventually we're going to get longer days and uh, brighter, brighter sun as the spring approaches? Well, it would be easier to think that that would be the case, but unfortunately, that's probably not a good idea. Most folks that develop seasonal affective disorder generally have significant symptoms for about four to five months. So if you think about it, that's a pretty significant amount of time to just be struggling uh, to deal with, with what's going on. So treatment is actually fairly easy and straightforward. Um, obviously, there's the traditional counseling and antidepressants, which will uh, improve all those uh, symptoms of depression. But vitamin D can be helpful, as well as light therapy. Um, so it's really important to be thinking about if you're having those symptoms that are associated with depression during those winter months, get seen, get some advice in terms of what to do, but consider getting some treatment. That is the KBOI Medical Moment brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho. Dr. Jim Polo, thanks for joining us this morning on KBOI. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 710, good morning. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Phone lines are open for you to take part in the show if you would like. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, you can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. The uh, Dow futures up 320 points right now. Still in the green. NASDAQ up 230 points. Standard & Poor up 53 points. All signs pointing to uh, uh, positive opening coming up here. I'll be talking with Jeremiah Bates about uh, your money on the way in just about 10 minutes. Forest Service, this is kind of good news, um, is going to revamp the hot springs near Boise. Uh, South Fork of the Payette River, Kirkham Hot Springs. Popular, relaxing getaway that people have enjoyed for decades. Contrary to recent reports, the Forest Service is not going to close down the hot springs and basically destroy the hot springs so that people can't basically go and use it. Boise National Forest, U.S. Forest Service plans uh, say they want to revamp the popular hot springs outside of Boise. Agency is asking the public to offer feedback and ideas for the project. Like, like for instance, they want to know how is it imperfect right now and how could we make it perfect? Um, I think more specifically, I mean, I mean, in general, yeah, but more specifically, um, what are some things that people would like to see there? Um, and the reason that it's been closed down and that they don't allow people to use it is because of idiots who are going there and polluting the place, uh -huh. um, partying, using glass bottles, and there's been glass making it dangerous for people to get into the hot springs because the, the glass bottles break and then there's broken glass at the bottle, uh, bottom of the, uh, the hot springs, uh, people defecating and um, vandalizing. The one toilet that is there... So they're basically looking, what can we do to keep this open? Because, I mean, this really truly is an Idaho treasure. It's cool that here you have a, a great hot springs. It's only about, what, half an hour yeah, from something. Boise, I think, is about what it is. Maybe 40 minutes on a bad day in yeah, traffic. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. 
So, I mean, it really is an Idaho treasure, and it would be a tragedy to lose this. So here's your chance to take part in trying to identify what can be done. You can uh, weigh in if you'd like. We'll talk a little more about this. I, I think it's time, personally, instead of just making this a free thing that people can show up at. Yeah. Charge money? Turn it over to a vendor and let them charge money to go. They're in charge of it. 24 hours a day so that people aren't showing up and vandalizing it when nobody is there. Um, maybe set up. There's not a building close to it, is there? No, no. But, I mean, expand the parking. Start charging for parking. Start charging for people to go. Um, maybe sell concessions. Be able to sell concessions there that would make it a little bit nicer. Um, because right now, I mean, the state just doesn't have enough money to be able to oversee this thing. And there's no chance of them just leaving it alone? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, if they do, they're going to do what they're doing now and close it down, not allow anybody to do it. Uh, Dylan and Boise, you got about a minute here. What do you think should be done? Hey, fellas. I actually live in Loman. I drive by Kirkham Hot Springs all the time. Close, being closed down is a joke. They <laughs> are, there's nothing closed there at all. It is like an anthill of just the most... Disgusting people. Anyways, I do think they need to somehow privatize it and do all those things you were just mentioning. Because if it's they're just people are just going to do it anyways. Somebody's got to be responsible for that place and keep it clean and safe for the kids and all the tourists. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I love the fact. I mean, I it's been years and years and years since I've ever been there, uh, since I've been there the last time, but. I mean, there are a lot of people that do use it, and I mean, it's kind of a cool thing, so I'd love to find some way to uh, be able to do it. Thank you, Dylan, for the phone call. Appreciate it. It's just interesting. That just goes to yeah. show you that how little money they have to spend on people to sit there and monitor to make sure that people aren't abusing it. That's a good point. They, yeah, they don't have the money to have Forest Service there all the time, and police can't, you know, it's out of the way for police to go, so... Uh, we'll take more of your thoughts. You want to email us? Go ahead. Mike at KBY.com. Chris at KBY.com. In the meantime, let's get another check on what's going on with sports this morning. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. Don't forget, the place to go for great lunch, including soup. They got two different soups today. Chicken Cordon Bleu, which is delicious. I have not tried their uh, split pea, but that is also another soup that you're offered today. Get in today. Fat Guys Fresh Deli for lunch. Good morning. All right, Boise State men's basketball will travel to Air Force tomorrow. They'll face a Falcon team that they beat back in January, 62-56 to at Extra Mile Arena. Boise State needs to win at Air Force tomorrow to stay in the Mountain West hunt. The Broncos go for the sweep of the series after beating the Falcons January 18th at home, 62-56. to Senior Max Rice talked about the challenges of facing Air Force. Sticking to the game plan is always key when you play Air Force. They're always so... I'm going to do this, I'm going to cut, then I'm going to back screen. So, I mean, it's just not falling asleep is the biggest thing against them, and they're a solid, really solid team for where they're at right now. So we just got to stay locked in and not worry too much about the future and just go day by day. In Boise State's January win, they forced 20 turnovers. They cashed into 19 points. The Broncos are 10-2 and in the Mountain West, while Air Force is 3-9. and Bob Beeler, News Talk, KBOI. We'll talk about this game a little bit more tomorrow morning. Want to set you up for tonight's Mountain West basketball schedule. Utah State will be at San Diego State. Wyoming plays a big game at New Mexico. And San Jose State will be on the road at Nevada. Again, those games all tonight, most of them televised. Tomorrow night, you've got Boise State playing against Air Force on the road. And UNLV will be at Fresno State. I'm Rick Worthington.
Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. Jeremiah Bates with us once again uh, this morning. We're getting some feedback there. I don't know if uh, Jeremiah, your headphones or speaker is turned up. but Let me try. All right. Uh, is All right. Better? Maybe? I, I, no, no, it really is bothering me to try and talk. Let me try. It's like singing the national anthem. Um, I don't know if I'd be able to. Hey, that worked. All right. There you go. All right. Um, all the indexes are up ahead of the opening uh, this morning, which is good news. I don't know what is causing that. Maybe you do. Um, but we're going to talk a, a little bit about the uh, consumer price index coming in even higher than expected, even though it was already coming in high, but it's even higher than expected in January. Yeah, because so we're looking at these different measures of inflation, right? So one of the so the one that was produced or I guess uh, um, shown last week was the consumer price index. What all of us are paying for our stockpile of goods, our food, our gas, uh, keep the lights on, energy, all that good stuff. Now the producer price index. This is a measurement of wholesale prices. So this basically reflects what businesses pay for supplies. So think of grains, metals, lumber, packaging, computer chips. The list goes on. Okay, so now here's the key component of this. When companies pay higher prices, those costs are often paid, passed on to the consumers, individuals like you and, my, and myself, <laughs> which is a contributor to inflation. So here's what's the interesting print. I, I don't think anyone is super surprised that we're seeing a continued um, inflation numbers that are beating expectations because it, it did show that per the producer price index for wholesale prices, it rose for the month of January and it rose year over year. That's just off the, the record high for this, uh, for this data. So the producer price index, it's often an indicator of what inflation will be. Cause you got to think of it like this. If last month, the cost for production for businesses and supplies, if that was higher it doesn't take a speculative person to think that that is going to then translate into those prices being passed on to the consumer, which would then result in a higher consumer price index covering the month of February. Right? Wait, 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 wait. I always, I always thought that businesses, when they, uh, you know, something like this happened, they just ate the uh, higher prices and didn't pass that on to the consumers. Oh, yes. No, businesses are not, or they're in business not for profit to make us all feel good. And <laughs> no, when, not the case. When did but, you move here from Neverland? <laughs> but I will say this there is a little bit of good news out of this. So even though we've been seeing some, some high numbers, it did show that there was a 2% drop in the cost of raw materials. In addition to that, this is the second month that it fell in a row for the first time since last summer. So what fits so, under raw materials? What are you so you got to think, yeah. So you got to think metals, lumber. I mean, like your actual raw materials to produce goods, things like that. So it could be a sign that we're starting to see a peak of these inflationary pressures, right? It could be based on that. However, we're gonna see, we're gonna have to see more of a data set, more back to math, back to back months of these declines to actually develop that trend. However, any bit of good news when we're talking about price drops. I'll take it. But you got to think if those raw materials that are used at the at the very beginning to produce those goods, if those are dropping, that could be a sign that we could start to see this offset a bit. 
We see inventories pick up. We see the Federal Reserve take some action, perhaps a half a percent rate hike in their March meeting. We could start to see these inflationary pressures start to pull back. Now, if we're looking at the markets today, obviously that this news could have been put on the back burner because most of this uh, focuses around the Russia-Ukraine conflict, uh. which looked like there's reports that there's some positive news out of that. So the markets are kind of saying, ah, we can take a sigh of relief and we're seeing a bit of a jump in these futures. S&P 500 up a percent, as is over a percent, as is the NASDAQ. All right. Jeremiah, great talking to you as usual. Uh, we'll get an update here after the market opens. We'll talk to you again in about an hour and then again tomorrow morning, as we do every day, Monday through Friday at the same time. Thanks, gents. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Congratulations going out to Jeremiah Andrews. Caller number six picks himself up tickets to the Utah State game, Boise State, Utah State, this coming Saturday night. Uh, tickets still available if you want to go there. Of course, uh, you'll have a chance to listen to the game live here uh, from News Talk KBOI. And we'll have more tickets to give away. As a matter of fact, we'll have another pair of tickets coming your way this morning before 10 o'clock. So keep listening in. Uh, lock in that speed dial, 208-336-3700 to uh, win. Talking a little bit more as we were talking here uh, about a half an hour ago about uh, Kirkham Hot Spring um, trying to figure out a way that they can have that remain open and have it not be, as Dylan had called in and, and said, be such a mess. Yeah, lettering and, and all that. He, he, the, the way he put it, he said there are just all sorts of disgusting people up there. The agency, I wanted to get this in so that uh, all of you know if you want to take part in this, the agency is going to hold a community meeting. It's coming up at 6 p.m. February 24th at the Loman Inn. And that is designed to hear ideas and accept feedback on their initial proposal. People, by the way, can also offer their feedback online. If you'd like to do that, and I encourage you to do that, if you are one of the people who would love to see this treasure be maintained and kept, Go to fs.usda.gov. That's fs.usda.gov. Um, according to Project Document, the Forest Service plans to use funds from the Great American Outdoors Act to improve the area and protect the hot springs. Oh, that's good if they can do that. Yeah. So the initial project um, description includes potentially reconfiguring the parking plan, resurfacing roads, making changes to the bridge and gate leading into the day-use area. Uh, the agency also proposed updating infrastructure at the site, which would include fire rings, picnic tables, signs, platform, and staircase leading to the hot springs. Agency has proposed adding restrooms and changing rooms. The only existing restroom right now is a single vault toilet. Once again, if you do all this stuff, based on the idiots that have gone there in the past, the <laughs> drunken idiots, and vandalized and tore stuff up, you're, you're going to have to have somebody there. Um, and that's why I, I think, unfortunately, you're going to have to maybe turn this over to somebody who will operate it and start charging because it's going to cost money to hire people to be there to make sure that the thing is cleaned up, to make sure that there aren't you know drunken idiots there at, all times of the night because it is a day use hot springs and that would allow you know people to pay money to be able to use it you know it, it, it's too bad we can't have free stuff we can't have nice stuff oh we can but it'll you know it'll probably be ruined by someone yeah so i i would be in full favor of that now 
Love to hear from you, your thoughts, especially for those of you who like and use this area on a regular basis. It's been, you know, years and years since I, I have ever gone there. Um, so if you would like to see this place continue to be used instead of being shut down all the time um, and then having people, you know, have to break in and use it illegally, um, what are your thoughts? Go ahead and weigh in with us this morning. I'd love to hear what you thought. More importantly, hopefully you will go either to the meeting or uh, give your thoughts, fs.usda.gov once again. Let's get another check, final check on what's going on with sports with Rick Worthington once again this morning, brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Soup day, a couple of great soups. I'm going to have to check these out. you got chicken cordon bleu soup, yeah. which I've had, which is fabulous. And then, of course, split pea, and I love split pea soup, so I'd love to see how... Uh, their split pea is. I've never had their split pea soup. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's probably, probably really delicious. Good. Yeah. Split pea and ham, by the way. So you got pork in there. Uh, get into Fat Guys Fresh Deli for lunch today. Good morning. Now that the NFL season is over and we officially have no more football to watch, we can get a little more serious about getting into our baseball season. And with the lockout still going on, we thought we'd give you an update. Major League Baseball asked for the ability to eliminate hundreds of minor league paying jobs at its latest labor offer to the MLB Players Association. Currently, the domestic reserve list, which governs the number of minor league players a team can roster at any time, is at 180. 180. The league proposed keeping that number at 180 for 2022, but allowing the commissioner's office to reduce the maximum number of players to as few as 150 over the rest of the collective bargaining agreement. The proposal says the league could adjust the reserves list size up or down. MLB, according to a league source, has no plans to reduce the size of the list in 2023, but wants the flexibility to do so in future seasons. Now, the minor leagues already have undergone a massive overhaul, as we know here in Boise in recent years. In December of last year, MLB eliminated 42 teams and an unknown number of playing jobs. I'm Rick Worthington. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 753, uh, Robin writes in, Hi, Mike, I'm in favor of a private person maintaining uh, hot springs. Keep the rubbish out. My husband and I took a uh, back road from Lost Lake Reservoir and came out of 95 just out of council. We stopped at various campsites along the river, which would have been beautiful spots, except for the garbage and human waste that was just left there. That is too bad. Every spot we stopped at had a garbage problem, really made us angry. Yeah, it really sucks that people... Just don't take care yeah. of stuff and think, oh, somebody will be, be by to clean it up. I don't have to clean up after myself. Take only pictures, leave only footprints. Yeah. The uh, USA Today ad meter out for the best Super Bowl ads. The Rocket Homes and Rocket Mortgage Dream House with Anna Kendrick and Barbies was they, the they, number one ad rated really? ad. Yep. They like that best, huh? 6.82 on the USA was, ad meter rating. I thought it was pretty clever, really. Amazon Mind Reader was number two. Doritos, uh, Cheetos, Push It. Amazon Mind Reader, that was uh, Scarlett Johansson and Colin Jost. Yep. Uh, The Doritos, Cheetos, Push It was number three. Number four was the uh, Kia RoboDog for the all-electric Kia uh, EV6. That was was cute. Almost kind of heartbreaking there for a minute. Uh, The one, and I did like this one, um, very sentimental, the Toyota, the Brothers one. 
um, about competing in the Paralympics. One of the brothers oh, had gone yeah, yeah. blind, and the other one helped him, and they right. competed in, and won medals in the Paralympics. Um, the worst rated ad meter, USA Today ad meter spot, guess guess which one it was? I, I, I'll give you a hint. All right. It was the worst rated, but it probably worked the best. It probably... Oh. It, it, that would be the uh, the bouncing square. The QR code yeah. for Coinbase. And I only say that because they got so many people who immediately used it, went right. to the website to try to claim their $15 in free Bitcoin. Um, so many people used it that it shut down their servers because they couldn't you know, handle I've, all the traffic. It was probably just one minute, but it seemed like it was about three and a half. Yeah, it did seem like a really long time. It was a minute. They said it cost $14 million to make, but I think probably got their money's worth. Uh, by the way, um, the uh, Super Bowl odds are out for next year. The two early odds. Any guesses on who you think's uh, the uh, odds on favorite? Rams? Nope. Kansas City Chiefs. Odds oh, really? on favorite to win the Super Bowl. Okay. Followed by the Buffalo Bills, then the LA Rams, and then the Cincinnati Bengals. By the way, um, if you want to make a long odds bet to try and win a lot of money for, you know, bet, just betting a little. Uh, Houston Texans are the uh, last pick to win the Super Bowl next year. It's kind of funny that no team had ever won a Super Bowl in their home stadium until last year. Tom Brady, Tampa Bay two, did it. And now two of them Now two of them had done it. So the NFL said that they want to make sure uh-huh. that this never happens again, that the Super Bowl home team doesn't play in the Super Bowl. So they've announced uh, yesterday that the Super Bowl will be held at uh, Dallas Cowboys AT&T Stadium for the foreseeable future every year. <laughs> Is that right? No, it's a no. Joke. I know. Uh, <laughs> By the way, in case but, you're but curious, next year, but next year, seriously, it's supposed to be in Phoenix, and so if the Arizona Cardinals are good, the Arizona Cardinals are good, and, and then, they're expected to be better next year, so it could happen again. And the year after that, it is in Las Vegas, and then the year after okay. that, it'll be in New Orleans. Las Vegas has no chance. Although in two years, you don't know if they could make. How much fun would that be to go to that one, though? Yeah. Uh, good grief! Talk about a huge party. Um, but yeah, the Arizona Cardinal thing, it could be three years in a row because they, they made the playoffs this year. They're expected to be better next year. Um, that would be crazy. Three Never happening in the history. And then if you have it two years in a row is just crazy, but yeah. to see a third year in a row would be nuts. <laughs> the night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. After uh, all the indexes, the stock market being down yesterday, uh, they've now been open for about half an hour. All of them are up. Dow is up 316 points as of right now. Uh, if you want uh, for some sure payoff this morning, we have our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question on the way in 20 minutes. $50 gift certificates once again for La Peep in, Peri- uh, in Meridian. Some great food for you to win. It's our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, uh, Silverhawk Realty here to promote you worldwide. For details, call 208-888-4128. Our question today in the first football championship, the Super Bowl. They had two second-half kickoffs. That's right. They had to redo the second-half kickoff. Why? If you know the answer, stick around. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Into the 8 o'clock hour we go. It is uh, Tuesday. That means Bronco Tuesday on the way. Bob Beeler will be back with us uh, once again uh, today. Today we're going to be talking 
about uh, softball at Boise State University. Uh, off to the best start in the history of uh, Boise State softball. Wow. They must have some fantastic players because here a few years ago I thought it was the best softball team I'd ever seen. Yeah. And apparently they're better than they were. Well, it's early in the season, but it's always great to get uh, started off on a, on a good foot for your season. Mm-hmm. But we'll be talking to the coach, one of the players coming up here in just about a half an hour we'll from be, right now. We'll be touching base with the softball team. Um, seeing some of the uh, social media posts about the halftime show still, um, I, I don't know why there's such a controversy because nothing happened. Nobody, nobody's bare breast got shown. Um, nobody cussed the, uh, Snoop Dogg didn't smoke a blunt on stage. However, <laughs> people were showing him just before he went out, apparently smoking marijuana before he go- went out, which I mean, what's Boy, the big deal? It's legal to normally, do in California. Normally, to get a picture of him smoking marijuana, you have to have a camera. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Apart from that, there's really not so, much you have to do. He could have made a lot of money for people taking the long shot bet, because that was one of the props, prop bets yeah, uh, of whether or not Snoop Dogg would smoke while he was on stage. He did not, by the way. Um, but some of the social media posts, the only controversy apparently is, is Eminem kneeling. And I don't know why that's such a big deal. Um, uh, but some of the, uh, social media posts, um, read a couple here to you. Conservatives must be losing their minds over Eminem taking a knee in honor of Colin Kaepernick at the halftime show. Uh, another one, kudos to Eminem for ignoring the NFL's orders to not take a knee during his performance that I'm sure really pissed off the Trumpers. <laughs> First of all. I don't even know. You know what? I don't remember him even getting down on on a knee, but uh, if he did at any point, I didn't even really notice it. It was just, you know, there was just entertainment going on. I noticed it, but I thought it was because Dr. Dre started playing Tupac songs. So Dr. that was when Dr. Dre oh, sat down at the right. p- piano. So that was a bit of a, uh, a, tri- I, I, a tribute. Thing. I thought it was a tribute to Tupac because Tupac had died and he dropped down to one knee. I didn't think and i still don't think because he hasn't said that it had anything to do with colin kaepernick here's the other thing nobody had a problem with colin kaepernick kneeling not one person they had a problem with colin kaepernick kneeling during the national anthem (laughs) that's the only thing that if colin kaepernick wanted to kneel down at the first play of the every game People wouldn't have had a problem with it, except maybe the fans of the San Francisco 49ers going, what are you doing kneeling during the first play of the game? Probably the coach would have something to say. coach would have a problem with it. Um, The only reason people were outraged is because he kneeled during the national anthem. A rap star, even if it was because of Colin Kaepernick, in support Mm -hmm. of Colin Kaepernick, nobody cares because it's a musical performance. It wasn't, you know, during the national anthem. It's like, go ahead. If you want to kneel for Colin Kaepernick, perfectly fine. If your biggest complaint is you just don't like rap music, well, uh, there's always next year. And there was also claims that uh, the NFL had told him that he can't kneel. The NFL put out a report saying we never once told Eminem that he couldn't kneel. Not only that, we knew he was going to kneel because we watched them practice and rehearse for a week before the Super Bowl. So we knew it was going so to they, happen. So they never told him he, did, he couldn't do it at all? No. Well, where they, did that get started? They, I, I have no idea, other than the fact that people started putting it together and going, oh, he must be kneeling in honor of uh, Colin Kaepernick. About the only thing the NFL did say is that they did flag something that Snoop Dogg was set to wear and told him he couldn't wear it because it possibly... Uh, appeared to be gang related. I don't know what it was that he was wearing that could appear to be gang related. Maybe been, it was 
Maybe he, it was red or blue. He likes to wear shirts with LBC on them, which means Long Beach Crips. Yeah. Of which he used to be one or maybe still is. I have no idea. So maybe it, it, it had something to do with that. The only uh, other thing that the NFL said that they did do was they didn't want any cussing in any of the lyrics of the song. So they told all the performers no cussing. And they uh, wanted Dr. Dre um, to eliminate the lyric in uh, Still Dre that has still not loving police because they didn't want his performance to be a divisive wow. culture war moment. So Dre was not happy with the fact you know, it, that he got censored. It, it occurs to me the last 20 years or so that no matter what they've had on the halftime show, it's turned into a culture war of some sort. Isn't it? Isn't that weird? It's just supposed to be entertainment. Although last year didn't really last year, did it? I'm trying uh, to remember. Well, I don't know, but the, the, um, the weekend the, was when, last year. Everybody, yeah. everybody didn't like the weekend, but <laughs> the Beyonce show when she did it, uh, yeah. she had like a Janet Jackson or Michael Jackson uh-huh. sort of thing where she had y- uniform dancers, you know, people uh, marching flipped and stuff. Out about it. People flipped out about it. Why? I, it's entertaining. They, they had the same, they had the same thing, uh, Sunday, uh. Two, two days ago, they had the same thing. They had uniformed, uh, you know, like in black uniforms, dancers marching around and stuff yeah. like that. And nobody's even mentioned it. Well, yet. that's because they're flipping out over Eminem kneeling. It's I remember having a just conversation. Just so stupid to flip out over something like that. Have a conversation shortly after MTV had uh, arrived in Twin Falls. Uh, my mom was trying to watch a couple of videos. And she says, what does this mean? And what does that mean? And what's that stand for? And I said, it's entertainment, Mom. I said, most of this is just for fun. Everybody, just lighten up a little bit. The world would be a better place. Yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. That's the phone number you're going to want to use coming up here in just a couple minutes. Try to get that $50 gift certificate to La Peep in Meridian. We'll get to the Casper and Chris damn near impossible question on the way right after Bronco Sports today. Download the 670-KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. $50 gift certificate to La Peep in Meridian on Eagle Road, just off Eagle Road. And uh, up today, David's going to get first crack at it. David, in the very first NFL football championship, very first Super Bowl, they had two second-half kickoffs. They had to redo the second half. There's a specific reason why they did it. What is that reason? Because NBC was still at commercial. They were not at commercial. Oh. That is not the reason. They, they missed it on the broadcast. That's what I heard. They missed it on the broadcast, but it wasn't because of a commercial. It was something else. Keep trying. Tom, good morning. Second uh, yeah. in the uh, second half of the Super Bowl, number one, they had two second half kickoffs. Why did it have to be redone? NBC missed well, it. Only, we got that right, but there's a specific reason why. Not only were they at commercial, Lombardi objected to the fact that half the audience missed the kickoff, and he wanted the audience. So he uh, talked to the referees, and they uh, called the play dead and re-kicked. Well, they did do that, but there's a specific reason why they missed it. That's what we're looking for today. Um, 208-336-3700. Connie, good morning. Kickoff had to be redone because NBC missed it. Why did they miss it? Well, I really thought it was because of the commercial break and the country missing it. So I'm off. It was not. Yeah, it was. I'll help everybody out this morning. It was not because they were at a commercial break. It was something else. 
Um, one more chance here. That's all we have on the line, unless you want to call right now, 208-336-3700. Bill, kickoff had to be redone. Super Bowl number one, NFL championship. They missed the first kickoff, so they had to redo it again. But there's one specific reason why. What was it? It was something about the million-dollar rights they had paid that NBC and uh, CBS were fighting over. Nope. Nope. That wasn't it. That wasn't it. One more uh, try. Uh, good morning. Who's this? Hello. Hey. Hi. What's your name? My name's Sean. Sean. All right. Why did they have to redo the kick very first Super Bowl? That's where you answer. See, I asked the question, you answer. Yeah, must have uh, lost him. All right. Um, we're out of time today. Uh, the reason they missed the kickoff wasn't because they were airing a commercial. Um, they were still airing an interview with Bob Hope when the second half started. Yeah. Uh, so they missed the uh, actual kickoff. They didn't get it down to the field to hold off on the kickoff till the interview with Bob Hope was over. And they missed the kickoff, so they uh, said, all right, let's just re-kick. You've seen the guys that stand on the field now uh, to keep that from happening. There are guys that, they're, they're one of the officials, but their entire job is when the TV goes to a commercial break, they go out and stand on the field with their red cap, and as soon as they're off the field, then you can start play again. Yeah. But they'll be out there for the entire commercial break or whatever they're doing. Didn't have that for the first Super Bowl. No. My, what, what are the things that we have learned? Um, still have that $50 gift certificate. Nobody was officially able to answer. The uh, official answer was that the Bob Hope interview was still running uh, during the second half when they kicked off. So we still have that $50 gift certificate. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Since nobody answered it, we'll open it up to everybody Caller number six, you have that $50 gift certificate. You don't have to know anything except your name, your address, and your phone number, and you win. Doc, carefully, good luck. This is Bronco Tuesday, where we discuss the Olympic sports at Boise State. Now, here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Beeler, on 670-KBOI. 637, Bob Beeler with us once again. It is Bronco Tuesday. Good morning, Bob. And it's always nice to talk about teams that are winning at Boise State. And this gentleman that we have joining us today to talk about softball is our new head coach, Justin Schultz. And, Justin, it's been pretty easy, I guess. 5-0 and <laughs> to start. Best start in school history. Congratulations on a great first weekend. Thank you. I appreciate it. I don't know if it was easy, but it definitely uh, feels good to come home with five wins. Well, it does. So you beat Stanford, which is always a good win because they're a perennial tournament team. You know them from the Pac-12 and four other teams down there, Middle Tennessee twice. Cal Poly was in the list. I think UC Riverside. So what worked for you? Why were you guys 5-0? and Yeah, honestly, I feel like for the first weekend we have a lot of unknowns. Every every year we go in and it's a, you're a little uncertain of what you really have. Um, and we talked a lot about our pitching needs to set the tone and keep us in ball games early on, and I thought, um, Taylor and Hannah did an awesome job all weekend of putting up zeros early in the games and allowing our offense to kind of get settled. Um, and then defensive, we, defensively, we talked about making routine plays. We hadn't been on the dirt um, in over a month, and so we were a little concerned about that, and we walked away with no errors in, uh, in five games, which was really, really impressive. So when you say on the dirt, that means you're practicing inside Cavan Williams on the turf, and then your first games are actually outside where you know you're playing on dirt, you're playing on grass and in sunshine. 
Yep, we uh, practiced on Wednesday before our UC Riverside game. That was our first time being outside since, I think, November 25th. Let's uh, talk a little bit about your um, trip through Southern California last week. Um, you got UC Riverside, you beat them 7 nothing. Cal Poly 8-7, to Middle Tennessee 4-0 and 8-1, and Stanford 7-3. Uh, to So you got a good mixture of teams you're playing, including a Pac-10 team there. Um, they also have a huge advantage over Boise State, I would think, don't they, because they play in Southern California and have so much nicer weather? Yeah, I think uh, early on everyone's trying to get a feel for their for their teams, and I, I think Stanford is one who is always a really really good test early in the early in the season. They threw a kid who has the potential to be an All American. She's definitely an All Region kid for them, and I thought we did a really good job making adjustments um, and came out on top in that one. Where do you uh, get most of your players from? What is your uh, recruitment uh, method or process? Yeah, I mean, right now we, we've got a lot of California kids, um, SoCal, NorCal, um, but we're trying to kind of branch out kind of into the Midwest as well. I feel like there's a lot of good talent out there um, that sometimes gets overlooked just because of um, the area that they're in. So uh, I'd say right now about 80% of our roster is probably California, and then the rest is a mix of Washington, Oregon, Idaho, and then we're starting to get into Texas, uh, Oklahoma, and Iowa as well. We're visiting with Justin Schultz. He is Boise State's new head softball coach. The team off to a 5-0 and start. We'll be headed to San Antonio this weekend for five games. And it looks like up until mid-March, you're playing in a lot of five-game weekend uh, trips. So how do you decide which ones you want to be in and what kinds of teams do you look to put on the schedule? Yeah, this. I mean, being my first year, we, we inherited the schedule. So um, going through, we looked at it, and it, it sets up nicely for us. We have a lot of good competitive games these first couple weeks and then we go to uh, university of arizona and really really get to see where we're at um with arizona i think iowa state texas state three teams that all made regionals last year will be a really good test of kind of what type of team we are what are the uh, strengths of this year's team as you see it so far um right now i'd say we, we we're good in all three facets but our pitching has been the one that has been really really impressive i think uh, our pitching coach Allie's done an awesome job uh, developing them and really maximizing their potential. So I'm excited about what our pitchers did in week one for sure. Have you had shutouts? Yes, I believe we had two. Uh, we beat Riverside 7-0 in Middle Tennessee. Taylor threw the Riverside game and then Hannah threw the 4-0 uh, game against Middle Tennessee. So they were both very, very impressive in those games. And what what do they do? What are what are their strengths as pitchers? Are they power pitchers? Do they mix things up? What what would you say? How would you describe Taylor and Hannah? And we're going to be visiting with Hannah here in a little while. Yeah, I would say Taylor. I think gives you a little bit more of that that strikeout, um, high strikeout numbers. Um, spins the ball well and does a really good job of checking attacking the zone. Um, and then I think Hannah. One of the things I've been most proud about her is she's really come in and become really really efficient. I think she threw two complete games, and both were under well under 100 pitches, which is really impressive. She gets a ton of ground balls, allowed our defense to work, and um, got us out of there pretty easily in both of her outings. Justin, um, you spent the uh, last few years with uh, Oregon as assistant coach, helped the Ducks reach their regional championship game in 2021. Uh, and I know it's early still, but what, what are some of the differences that uh, you have seen, if there are any, coaching in the Mountain West versus uh, the other league and also at Boise State versus Oregon? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the the Pac-12 is a, a very, very good conference. Um, but getting this roster here at Boise State, I, I told them from day one, one of the biggest thing, reasons I took this team is because of the roster that we had intact. Um, and obviously the city's beautiful, but coming here, there's really there's really not a ton of differences um, from our roster to some of the Pac-12 rosters. I think at the end of the day, we just have to play um, good softball, and that's going to um, put us in a good position to win. Is there some power on the team? Yeah, we have a very, very good lineup. I mean, I think the first weekend we had about 15 hitters come through our through the lineup, and um, we definitely got a lot of power. Some uh, Bobby Ann Pratt came up big for us uh, in our Riverside game. It was zero zero late in that game, and she put one over the left field fence to put us up two nothing. Uh, and then Alicia Flores and Jordan Hutchins both had huge day, uh, huge weekends for us as well with some power numbers. I mean, looking at the numbers, Justin, you're averaging about seven runs a game, 34 runs in five games, so it's right about seven. You know, if you can get seven runs every game, you're going to be in pretty good shape. Especially with our pitching staff, yeah. Seven runs, I think, is going to win us a lot of ball games this year. Once again, uh, head coach Justin Schultz, softball team at Boise State University. Thank you for taking a few minutes uh, talking with us. Um, I would wish that you go undefeated, undefeated for the next <laughs> rest of the season. I don't know if that's realistic or not, but we hope you have continued success in uh, the rest of the season. Awesome. I really appreciate you having me on. We'll take a quick break here. It is uh, 8.44. When we come back, Hannah Bailey, member of that team who got one of the shutouts recently, we'll uh, talk with Hannah on the way after uh, this short break. It's Bronco Tuesday on News Talk KBOI. Now back to Bronco Tuesday on 670 KBOI. Once again, Bob Beeler with us as uh, he is every Tuesday, Bronco Tuesday, talking about the other Olympic sports, and today we are talking softball. And softball off to a 5-0 and start. The winning pitcher in two of those games joins us, Hannah Bailey. She also had a save in one of the other games. So, Hannah, we'll start. First of all, welcome to the show. Great start. What's different when you're starting a game versus when you're coming out of the bullpen to save it? Um, I would say I think it's pretty similar, just the mentality. Like, you just have to be ready for both because you're not going to want to start a game unprepared and not being ready to go at your first batter and then going in for a save. You also have to go into that mentality of, like, okay, this is my job. I have to shut it down now. So it's pretty similar, um, I would say. I think just you have to be ready from the start for both positions or for both starting. <laughs> Now, now, how is it different? Like you're coming in for somebody, and, and Coach was just on telling us, you know, that there are differences between you know the various pitchers on the team. So, if somebody has been seeing, say, Taylor for the whole game, and then all of a sudden sees you in the in the last inning, if you come in for the save, how much of a difference in adjustment, and how much of an edge maybe does that give you? I think that Taylor and I are a good pairing together for a matchup like that. If I were to come in and close for her, Taylor is. Very Like Coach Schultz was saying, she's a good strikeout pitcher and she will go up with you. And then I like to go hard and down. And so I think that it's a good matchup because it will be a different style of pitching and a different type. And so it's hard for batters to have to make that adjustment so quickly in the game. Hannah, uh, you find yourself at Boise State University. Uh, you are a uh, senior this year. You're from California. How did you find yourself coming to Boise State to play softball? So I actually ended up transferring here my junior year. Um, I had entered the transfer portal after my sophomore season at the University of Minnesota, and 
I just fell in love with the school and the coaches, and I saw a lot of potential in the softball program, and I knew that they had a good team and that there was potential to go even further. And so I love where I'm at, and transferring here was the best decision that I've made. Would you like to uh, stay with softball uh, after college? I think that is something that I'm interested in pursuing. I'm still kind of figuring out what I want to do with my degree, but I ideally would like to go to grad school, and if I could get a graduate assistant position with a softball team, that would be really ideal for me. Now, this is your fifth year pitching. You pitched two years, as you mentioned, at Minnesota. This is year three at uh, Boise State. Had a phenomenal year making all conference last year. You were 9-1 and one with an ERA slightly over two, a lot of strikeouts. So uh, you. describe yourself as a pitcher and maybe talk about how you've developed over the years and are better now than when you started. Yeah, so I'm a drop-ball pitcher. I like to go hard and down as kind of my bread and butter. Um just really working on moving through the zone and being able to throw the same pitch to different heights and different locations so that it'll look the same to a batter, but it's going to end up at a different spot. So they'll be swinging through it. And I, I've got to get a lot of credit to Coach Allie this year. She's a drop ball pitcher as well and just really has helped me and pushed me to fine tune pitches. And it just helped me develop tremendously as a pitcher and a player. And I'm so appreciative of her. How, uh, how fast is, is your fastball? I would say it ranges from 67 to 69 right now. How does that translate in I mean it's to say 67 it's different than saying a 67 mile per hour pitch in say college baseball for uh men because you're pitching much closer than the 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 pitching mound is for men, correct? Yeah. Yeah, we pitch from 43 feet away. So that's more like coming in at what 90 miles an hour? <laughs> It's kind of the equivalent. <laughs> the calculations online, yeah, that it's somewhere around like 90 miles an hour. Wow. <laughs> now, now, Coach had talked about having to practice inside before going out. What's the difference for a pitcher? I mean, I would think the infielders and the outfielders, it would be huge. You know, the hitters, maybe some because you're not used to it. But what about a pitcher? Are, are you? Is it different pitching outside versus just throwing inside when you're practicing? I would definitely say it's a little different. Um, Not being able to be on dirt is different because, like, well, we have to pitch on mats. And so sometimes when you're pushing off the mound really hard, your mat will slide with you. So that's not always ideal. But um, other than that, maybe just, like, the lighting. But lack of dirt is definitely the big one. So going into this weekend, uh, you guys are going to San Antonio, and you have Omaha, UMass, uh, University of Texas San Antonio and Incarnate World on the schedule. Do you already know going into that who you are going to uh, be pitching against? I think that's a conversation that we continue to have with coaches. We talk about matchups and how we think um, what this team can and can't do against us. And so that's conversations that are continued to have throughout the week. And I'll be having these upcoming days, and it's just like who and what style of pitching is going to be the best matchup per team. Hannah, when you're coming into the conference season, you're going to play three games against the same team. So you can watch or you can maybe even come back and pitch in a game against the same team. But when you're playing these teams from all over the country early, do you guys look at video? How much can you prepare for, say, Omaha? I don't know anything about Omaha. You guys probably do, but like you get somebody that you're going to face – what kind of preparation goes into it? What do you know about them? So with 
watching film on Teams, we are able to access some film. And also, like, there are games that are online as well. You can Google or go on YouTube and find games of certain teams. And then it's just what I do is I match up the current roster with the people that are still there and, like, who I can watch on film and just try and chart and see what the best pitch would be to throw against them or what I think that what I could do against them. Once again, uh, talking with uh, Hannah Bailey, continued success um, uh, to you in your senior season. Um, had a great year last year, and I, we can only hope it will be better this year. Thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you so much for having me. KBY News Time is 8.53. We'll take a break, and we'll finish things up here for Bronco Tuesday on the way next. Now back to Bronco Tuesday on 670 KBOI. Bob Beeler with us once again. It is Bronco Tuesday. Uh, Bob, your uh, busy schedule continues again this week. It does. Tonight, not me, but we have women's basketball at 6.30 at Air Force tomorrow. Men's basketball, 7.30 at Air Force Coaches Show Thursday night at 6. And I know you got tickets to give away to the weekend home game with Utah State, which is Saturday at 4. And we are down, how many games left in the season? Six in the regular season. Six in the regular season, and then the uh, Mountain West Tournament, of course. And hopefully, fingers crossed, an NCAA bid this year. Well, right now they're lined up for it in the computer and where they're sitting in the conference, half game behind Wyoming. So everything's in front of them. So absolutely, and people are going to want to get to that home game. Utah State, we want on a last-second shot down there. It should be another great game. So, Mike, these are going to be nice tickets for somebody to win. Yes, they are. And then, uh, of course, San Diego State next uh, <laughs> Tuesday. Tuesday, correct? Next Tuesday. So, yep. And then we finish the following Tuesday with Nevada as far as home games go. So three so, good ones. Set up for three really good home games. Uh, Bob, great talking to you uh, once again. Good luck with the rest of the week. Um, and uh, safe travels. We'll be listening to you uh, tomorrow night, which, once again, you can hear the game here on 670 KBOI. And then uh, we'll be talking with you again uh, next Monday morning. All right, check that oh, next, next Tuesday, Tuesday because yeah. Monday is uh, President's Day. So Absolutely. Yes, it'll be next Monday. So thanks again. We'll talk to you next week. All right, uh, as promised, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. The uh, Utah State game is happening on Saturday night, Extra Mile Arena. We have a free pair of tickets. We're giving away tickets all this week, uh, but second chance to win those tickets is for you this morning. If you'd like to go to the game, here's your chance to do it. Once again, call in number six. The tickets are yours, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Send us an instant message through our fan page on Facebook. You can also text us if you would like. Uh, Dow up 452 points. NASDAQ up 257 points. Standard & Poor up 64 points. Looks like everything is uh, pretty much up. Gold and silver are both down. Uh, But digital coins, digital currency all up today. Um, And then uh, Jeremy Zellner is also uh, feeling really up right now because Jeremy was calling number six, picked himself up a pair of tickets to go watch Boise State take on Utah State. Extra Mile Arena coming up here this coming Saturday night. You still have a chance to win. Don't worry, we have got more tickets to give away all this week as Boise State continues to battle for a Mountain West championship in the uh, regular season and to get into the NCAA tournament. Things looking good right now. Still some games to play, though. Mm -hmm. A couple of things I'm going to try to get to this hour if we can. 
Um, talk about a couple of uh, new bills lawmakers debated about yesterday. Um, got out of committee, um, House committees yesterday along straight party lines uh, uh, having to do with the election. Uh, one of them targets ballot harvesting. Uh, the other one uh, targets um, being able to uh, change your affiliation up until the election. It wouldn't be allowed. We'll get to that coming up here for you. Which party you um, you register as? Yes, which party you register as, sorry. Um, we'll talk more about that. If you want to go in you know what we're talking about, would like to start to uh, email us, feel free to uh, do that. Uh, I did want to ask a question, and I, I don't want to spend a whole time on this, a whole lot of time on this this morning, um, but you and I, neither one of us are, are lawyers. Um, I didn't take any law classes in school. I don't know if you did or not. I don't want nope. to speak for you. Um, so, I, I mean, I'll, I'll completely admit you know, that even though I try to play a lawyer on the radio sometimes, um, I'm a complete idiot when it comes to the rule and letter of the law. But I don't understand um, exactly what's going on um, in New York uh, with the trial, the uh, slander, libel trial that uh, former vice president candidate Sarah Palin took up against the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Um, we had talked about this when it was going to court before she was found to have COVID and they had to delay the trial to start. Uh, but trial has now lasted a week, a week and the, it was sent to jurors yesterday. And then yesterday after the case was sent for deliberation and the jurors will now go into day number two. They weren't able to come to a, an agreement yesterday, so t- this morning they'll go into day number two of deliberations. What is weird about this case, though, and what I don't understand, and maybe somebody can help me out with this, the uh, federal judge in charge of the case announced yesterday afternoon, after jury deliberation had already begun, that he is going to dismiss the case against former Alaskan Governor Sarah Palin's defamation lawsuit against the New York Times, saying her illegal team had failed to reach the high standards required for public figures to make their case. What they did, somebody, I think, writing in an opinion column in the New York Times several years ago, claimed that Sarah Palin somehow had inspired the the shootings that happened in Tucson, Arizona, Mm -hmm. when Gabby Giffords was shot. Right, right. All those other people. And uh, she said, you know, no, I didn't. I mean, you can't prove that. Why are... Why are you saying that? Well, a few weeks down the road, they uh, apologized to her. The actual writer of the editorial uh, apologized to her, and then they printed a retraction saying that wasn't true. Now, had they not done that, had they been sticking to their guns, I'm guessing the judge would have stayed out of it. What I don't understand here, and look, I said from the beginning that this was an uphill climb for Sarah Palin because trying to prove libel in a yeah. case yeah. that involves the the involves the press is almost impossible. You have to prove you were damaged somehow. And you have to prove that it was done with mouse, that they did it on purpose to specifically try and damage you or your reputation. Right. And you have to prove that. You can't just say, hey, they did this. You have to prove that. It's almost impossible to do. So we said this going into the case. Here's what I don't understand. The jury has already been deliberating. Mm-hmm. And the, then the judge comes out and said that he's formally going to dismiss the case, but he's going to wait until after the jury it's, comes to a verdict. It's not unusual for a judge to dismiss a case, even with a, a jury sitting there. It's very, very 
unusual uh, to to see something like this when they've gone into when those they've deliberations. Gone, yeah. and, and to specifically say, hey, I'm going to wait till the verdict comes out, but once the verdict comes out, either win or lose, I'm going to dismiss the case. So my question is why? I mean, you're wasting a whole lot of time. Well, jurists so, so it would seem, yeah. Jurists don't get paid money to do this. If you're going to dismiss the case, just dismiss it now. Yeah, I, I don't understand why you waited, or even now, why you're waiting until after they get a verdict. It just, it, I just don't understand it. Maybe somebody listening today maybe has a law degree that can explain this, because they've already spent five days, as I mentioned, jurists, as we all know, mm-hmm. don't get paid. You you have to take time off from work. You well, don't you get, get paid to do it. You get a small amount of money. Well, it's a, you, you get money for parking is what you like basically you get. Five or 10 or 15 yeah. bucks, whatever it is now. Um, so uh, I just don't understand. Why are you wasting all this time in saying, all right, because we don't know when the jury verdict could come back. They're going into deliberations on day number two. Here's the other thing, too. I'm not paying attention to this case, specifically. I mean, I'm not going, oh, I wonder what's happening with Sarah Palin. But I'm seeing it everywhere on social media, on the news. Um, I've heard it on the radio. I know that jurists are not supposed to pay attention to things outside the case, Jur- especially what, what they're listening to. Jurors, the jur- jurors, the jurist would be the, yeah, the, the lawyer yeah, jur- or, the, the, or the, the judge, the jurors. So I, I get that, but they're not sequestered. And as easy as it has been for me to hear things about the case, what are the chances that the jurors do not know that the judge has already ruled on this? And no matter oh, what happens, a hundred. What's that? They have no idea. They're going to be in there, and that's why they're still deliberating. And had they been told this ahead of time, they would have deliberated for 15 minutes. I, that, but that's my point. I mean, this became this began yesterday. They're not sequestered. They're still going home at night, you know. So what are the chances of them not knowing what the judge is doing here? Because if one person finds out, you don't think they're not going to go into that jury room and say, hey, did you know the judge has yeah. already decided on this case? Why are, we, why are we coming up with a verdict? Why are we wasting our time? But that's the way it is in courtrooms, the... The uh, the jury doesn't hear what they're not supposed to hear, and apparently this is one of those things they're not supposed to hear. And and they're also supposed to not pay attention to the news. <laughs> I get it, but I mean it's human nature for crying out loud. If you oh this is my case, if you accidentally overhear or accidentally watch something in the news or social media, it's real. It would be really hard to say, hey, you're in a jury trial. Um, stay off your phone. <laughs> stay off social media <laughs> don't watch don't watch television don't listen to the radio uh, you're just supposed to sit there with your hands in your lap maybe read a book that has nothing to do about the case i i just had so many questions about this and i i don't have an answer it just seemed weird and i i mean this is coming from someone who originally when the case was going i go there's no way she's going to win i, I, I just can't see a way I possible she, that I, they're going to be able to prove that I, that they were, did this with malice i thought that uh, she might have a chance simply because uh, they they said that she inspired this shooting, and uh, I don't know how to prove that. I don't know how to prove yeah. that's that, that's right. You you would have to ask the shooter who inspired you, and he would have to know. Now, obviously, as as Chris mentioned, they got it wrong. They got it a hundred percent wrong. But they did issue a retraction. They did admit that they got it wrong. So that in itself doesn't reach the high bar of proving, you know, that she was libeled or slandered no, because or of it, it was, because it was just an yeah, honest mistake. Had it, had it been malicious, I sort of doubt they would have apologized. Yeah. 
and I, and I totally agree with you. So I, I mean, I totally get that. It's just some of the parts of this case I didn't agree, didn't understand. And that, and that was the, the judge after, you know, deliberations got underway right. saying, no matter what happens, I'm going to dismiss the case. It's like, well, just dismiss it now and save everybody a bunch <laughs> of time for crying out loud. We'll take a break. If you want to weigh in on thoughts on that, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, when we come back, uh, another flight got diverted over the weekend because of an unruly passenger. And this seems to be happening. Do you remember hearing this hardly ever two or three years ago? Maybe once, twice a year? It might happen. Well, it was it, it was uh, every now and then. It was usually a celebrity or somebody like that. But somebody <laughs> somebody would be a bit overserved or help themselves a little too much, uh, both on the plane and uh, in the terminal. And then th- there would have to be a landing because they, uh, you know, the, the person just wouldn't uh, wouldn't do anything they were told. And if you don't, if if you disobey a direct order from a flight attendant. You could face federal skyjacking charges. This time, a uh, six foot three, two hundred and forty pound man um, disrupted a flight. Not only did that, but he tried to open up a door to the airplane while it was in flight. We'll give you that story. What can be done about it? What do you what, think should be done? Was he going to go out and get some air? And then I apparently he wanted a cigarette or something. You're not allowed to smoke, so let's go outside on the wing and smoke. We'll take your phone calls and emails coming up. Not, 208. Uh, not great at physics. Well, 336 3700. Pound 670 on the Verizon Wireless. You can also email us or text us if you'd like. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then, when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now, back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. CEO of Delta, Ed Bastian, is asking for writing in a letter to uh, the Department of Justice and the Biden administration asking for full enforcement, a no-fly list across the board, meaning all airlines would turn over the names of anyone that was disruptive on board their planes and anyone that is actually convicted of a federal crime, like interfering with a flight crew, they would be banned from all airlines across the board. So the way it is right now, if you... Uh, misbehave on United, you could be banned from United, but you could still go fly Delta if you want. Yeah. I mean, why are we still talking about this? Why Why has this not been been done? As much as we've seen the increase of incidences over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. a lot of it has to do with people don't want to wear masks. They, I, I just don't understand why they don't just easily make this say, look, you're going to be on a no-fly zone because right or a no-flight uh, list. Yeah. Because right now, as you just mentioned, if you don't get a fly on Delta because you tried to crash the plane, well, you just get on the United Airlines and or, you, or, you can fly on that airline or whomever. Yeah, it, it's just there's not much of a deterrent. And once again. Th- just to give you an idea, as we were going to break, I was going to tell you about uh, American Airlines plane was diverted to Kansas City on Sunday when a large, unruly passenger tried to force open a door before he was finally subdued by multiple hits with a coffee pot across his head. He was punched in the jaw (laughs) and taken down by his neck. He had zip ties and duct tape then to subdue him before they were able to land. Who got him with a coffee pot? Was that one of the flight attendants? One of the flight attendants hit him in the coffee pot with in the head with a coffee pot. A former uh, or an off-duty police officer uh, punched him in the jaw, and then there was another gentleman who got him around the neck and finally wrestled him to the floor. 
The suspect, 50-year-old Juan Rivas, was taken into custody and charged with one count of interference with a flight attendant. That's it? He got charged with interference? I mean, that makes that sound so simple, but here's, here's the details of what actually happened. According to a federal affidavit, Rivas allegedly created the disturbance and walked to the cockpit area. He grabbed plastic uh, silverware, holding it like a shank. He then grabbed a small champagne bottle by the neck, tried to break it on the counter so that he could have, you know, if you have a plastic knife, I'm not sure how dangerous that's going to be. However, a champagne bottle that has been broken and used as a weapon might be Mm -hmm. a little bit dangerous. Um, He also kicked and shoved a service cart into one of the flight attendants. And then Rivas, who is about six foot three and 240 pounds, not a small man, grabbed the handle of an exit door and began pulling the handle, trying to open up the door. The flight attendant tried to stop him. That's when he hit him twice in the head with a coffee pot. Several other passengers then came forward to help before they were able to wrestle him to the floor and then secured his hands with zip ties and duct tape. Remember, duct tape is good for everything. (laughs) It does uh, tend to come in handy. The only thing it doesn't uh, do is seal up ducts. So does that sound like... The uh, charge, I mean, there should be so much more charges in this than than what he was just charged with. I mean, at the very least, I think you could say he possibly could be charged with trying to down an airplane. Because I don't think it's, if you open up a door. Opening up the door is going to cause a little havoc. Yeah. So to see the charges not even be that much, uh, Association of Professional Flight Attendants Union, um, said that the incident is just another example of another dangerous, life-threatening incident that has happened on a plane in the past year. The violent behavior must stop, the union said. Well, is there much of a deterrent? I mean, you, can, you can call for violent behavior to stop, but you never, you never can guess who's going to be violent uh, and misbehave for the first time. But, yeah, the, the people who have already been convicted of something, if you want to kick them completely off of airlines. But that's something we probably should advertise a little bit before it actually just happens. Do you think you need to advertise it before it happens? Well, based <laughs> on the number you of... You shouldn't be doing it anyway. It's like, just start it and do it. I mean, I'll say this the nicest way possible. Based on the number of dumb people, I would say, yeah, you probably should at least get people ready for it. I say just start making examples of these idiots and send them... Well, that might work, too. To jail and say, hey, you can never, ever, ever fly again. I, I just you don't imagine understand if you're why this isn't happening already. Can you imagine if you're an international businessman and you get in trouble and can't fly again? Yeah. Think about that. You're going to have to have one fast motorboat. <laughs> I mean, make it make it so that this... I mean, right now, there is no there really is no punishment. I mean, just because Delta Airline kicks you off and says you can never fly a Delta Airlines again. the it, it It's like... When my my twelve year old son got caught shoplifting, you know, stupid thing to do at twelve years old. But Albertsons told him he is never ever welcome back at Albertsons. Really, what really effect does that have? You've got Walmart, you've got Costco. Well, you can't very you've got well. Winco. You, you got very, Fred Meyer. You can't very well ban somebody from grocery stores, can you? No, but I mean, it, it's it's an example. It's like you're. You're just banning them from Delta. There's how many other airlines that you can fly that go right. to the exact same places. You're really not, it's not a deterrent to just say, well, you're not allowed to be on our airline anymore. Basically, it's just a way of saying, hey, we no longer like you.
208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, if you'd want to weigh in on that, when we come back, I did want to get to this today. Um, gaming the system or voter suppression bills, lawmakers uh, debate election bills. Um, I want to get your thought on that because one of the bills is being called, once again, voter suppression. And uh, we'll get to your thoughts on that as we detail a couple of uh, election bills that got out of House Committee with a do-pass-vote recommendation going to the House. We'll get to that coming after news at the bottom of the hour. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get in this morning, our phone lines are open, and we encourage that type of thing. Of course, you can also email us if you'd like. Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com, or text us, 208-336-3700. Uh, text in says, uh, you guys continue to crack me up when you throw out comments that you know nothing about. People that cause issues in aircraft are not arrested for skyjacking. Jeez, please get things right. It's interference with a flight crew, and most times the airline does not follow through with prosecution. We didn't say it was... We never said that. We said it should be. You didn't no, say it, it is. No, I did. I said, oh, did you say it, it is? It used to be, if, if you interfered with uh, personnel aboard a flight, you used to be charged with uh, international skyjacking. Used to be. Not currently. Yeah, yeah, apparently not anymore, if this individual knows what they're talking about. Um, one of the things that you are right about because that, that was one of the things where like we explained everything that this guy, six foot four, uh, or six foot three, 240 pounds did and just absolutely shocked that he was only yeah. charged with one count of interference that's, with a flight attendant. That's roughly the same size as Eli Manning or Bill Clinton. One count of interference with a flight attendant. On all the stuff that he did, and and then also tried to open up a door mid-flight that, I don't, I, you know, I'm not a physics or a scientific expert, but I'm guessing that wouldn't be good for an airplane to have the door open mid-flight at high oh, altitude. He'd, he'd found out what uh, skydiving is like. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Just, pro- just once. Probably but wouldn't have stayed in the plane. Yeah. Um, Archie Nemesis, if that is his real name, writes in, it's sad to see that... Uh, you guys have no clue what Russia uh, in Ukraine issue is all about. All I hear is fake news narratives on what it's about that is parroted by you two. I don't know what he's talking well, then, about here. The issue hasn't changed I'll, in I'll 30 years. Go out and get in your car, drive down the road, and pull over to the side. And? Oh, that's it? Uh, I'm going to email him the rest. Uh, the issue hasn't changed in 30 years, and it would be the same issue if the leadership changed. It's about Russia's national security, and Ukraine is the red line. Russia will not not allow NATO to set up shop in Ukraine. They will invade Ukraine if this happens. The neoliberal Western globalists want war ready to go. If the Eurasia Trading Treaty transpires, then the neoliberal globalists lose power. Okay, I don't know if I've ever said that none of that was true, yeah. but I mean, if you want to make up your own narrative, go ahead. That's Archie Nemesis. That's your prerogative. You can make up your own uh, narrative. Go ahead. Yeah, because, you know, at least you're being nice about it. Uh, Jack uh, in Emmett writes, obviously disruptive hazardous behavior on a commercial aircraft is extremely dangerous to those on the plane as well on the ground. Instead of slapping them on the wrist where the uh, case is well documented, the actor should face serious charges and the count of said charges should be uh, however many folks are on the plane. 
that would deter significantly. Of course, you can't just account for the stupid and the insane, you know, kind of like the woman who was stabbed 40 times by a career criminal with 44 previous arrests, as well as three open carry charges when he was arrested. Cops can catch them, but the system of prosecution uh, fails all of us. That's Jack and Emmett. All right. Thank you, Jack. And I think that's that's kind of what we're looking here for is like what is the deterrent? Because right now it seems like it is just a slap on the wrist. And as as the the man mentioned who wrote us the uh, text message, well, most times the airline doesn't fall through in prosecution. So what what really is the deterrent for somebody to go off on an aircraft? If if they do actually uh, have to land someplace else, then your deterrent is you were attempting to fly from say New York to San Francisco, and uh, you ended up in St. Louis and and can't go anywhere. But there again, that's not a fine. That's, yeah. that's not jail time. Yeah. I mean, you can still get someplace if you want to. Re- it might not be convenient for you, but. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up this morning, two bills were introduced in the uh, House yesterday. Um, they passed through the committee and uh, were sent to the House with a due pass. Uh, one of those being decried by critics as voter suppression ahead of Idaho's May 17th primary election. First uh, bill, House Bill 547, targets ballot harvesting by imposing criminal penalties on people who deliver other Idahoans' absentee ballots for them. Once again, you can still deliver ballots for people if you are related to them, specifically related to them. What it doesn't allow you to do is bring ballots for people who you're not related to. Kendall Shaber of the and, and how do they prove this exactly? I don't know. Kendall Shaber of the League of Women Voters of Idaho said that what is the compelling reason for making it more difficult or impossible for the disabled, the elderly, um, residents, those in care facilities, the thick, sick, and those lacking transportation to exercise their constitutional right to vote? Did I, am I, I? I guess I don't know. Did they do away with absentee balloting? No. Here, okay, so. We all know, everybody here knows, and it's always been, that we vote on the second day, second Tuesday in November. You have absentee balloting. So just because you all of a sudden woke up on that second Tuesday and you can't, for some reason, find yourself a ride to get to the polls, that's your own fault. You know that the voting is coming up on the second day. Let's say that you're a shut-in, for instance, and don't have any friends i mean you still have a right to vote you still have and you still can it's, vote it's of course going to be much more difficult even you. if yeah even if you don't have friends you can still vote by absentee ballot you don't need to have friends to vote by uh, by absentee you in idaho you don't even need a reason to vote absentee you can just say hey i don't mm-hmm. have uh, the ability to vote on the second tuesday That's can true. i have an absentee ballot and they send it to you so this whole thing of saying, yes, hey, yes. you're taking away my right to vote or these people's rights to vote. You're not doing that. Let me ask you a question. If if a, a mailman picks up like a hundred... No, uh, they're okay. They're okay. They're not yeah, going to be charged. Okay, specifically right. mailmen, they give a, a list so, of people so if that you're, are okay. So if you're a mailman, voting, vote, vote harvesting is okay, but if that's not your job, then it's not. If it's not your job to, to do that, yes, then, it, then it's not okay. Gotcha. What if you say, for instance are the owner or somebody who operates uh, a retirement home then you're or, not, a nur- or a nursing home yeah you're not allowed to do that only only family members yeah i i don't think i'd vote for that
House Bill 547 uh, would make it a felony to collect or convey anyone else's absentee ballot for pay or if 10 or more ballots are involved. It would be a misdemeanor in all other cases for anyone other than election official, a postal or parcel service worker, or a relative or household member of the voter. And relatives of voters couldn't collect or convey more than six ballots at a time without facing criminal penalties. Once again, they're not saying you can't do more than six people. You just can't do more than six people at a time. So if you have 22 people living in your house and all of 22 people want to vote, you just take six of their ballots at a time, drop them off at the mm-hmm. election, go back, pick up six, and you're well within the law. So this is this whole red herring of you're taking people's rights away to vote is just yeah, not true. But this is a completely unnecessary law. Some people believe that, yes. I do. And you're, that's your perfectly... Uh, Acceptable do you, opinion as a right. Do you believe there was cheating in this election in Idaho just because some moron says there was with no proof whatsoever? Um, do I believe there was cheating? Yeah. At, at, at any kind? In Idaho. Um, there possibly could have been, yes. I believe that. I, I, don't, yeah, you, I don't know you, of any. And you could have dropped dead yesterday, but you didn't, did you? Uh, no, I didn't. Because but, I it would, was, but it was possible, but wasn't see, it? I would. the difference is... I think we should look into it. I would know if I was dead because I'm Waste sitting here talking to you. as much money and as much time as we possibly can. Because some moron decided to decry everything. But what does that have to do with delivering, or once again, having votes delivered by it's, non-family it, members? Wouldn't that, wouldn't not, that, take, it's, it's wouldn't that make it hard to not cheat? It's, it's, in? it's not cheating. You have to sign your own envelope. Yeah. You have to seal your own envelope. You have to do all those things. You, have, you vote on your own. So let me ask you this. So you're perfectly fine with ballot harvesting? Yeah. You don't have a problem with... Going, people going and getting people to vote for somebody that they want to vote. It's never for. been a it's never been a problem in Idaho before. Well, not in Idaho, well, but it has been a problem I, before. Isn't Idaho what we're talking about? Well, we're talking about all voting, and okay. you don't want that to happen in Idaho. It's not going to. It never has. <laughs> Just because something has never happened doesn't mean it's never going to happen. That's like saying you're, uh, you're it not. Might. Did you die yesterday? We don't know if you died. I, Maybe that should be investigated. I, I just said that. What? That was what I said about five minutes ago. What, that it might happen? Yeah. And then you just now you said it would never happen. What, the, the uh, vote har- it's, I, harvest? I didn't say it would never happen. I said it, it never has happened right. before. It never, it never has happened. But wouldn't this be a way to make it so I that this it is possibly a, might not be able to I think this is a colossal waste of time. All right. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Um, I don't necessarily think it's that big a deal um, because it's not stopping anybody from voting basically is what i'm saying so uh pass don't pass i think it's to a certain extent uh, a big waste of time also uh i think there's better things that people are more interested in in getting done but saying that well, this there should this be. type of thing is you're stopping people from their right to vote no you're not that's all i'm saying 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a, a quick break. Your thoughts, if you want to weigh in, 208-336-3700. You can also email us or send us a uh, text message, instant message through our fan page on Facebook, um, Mike at uh, KBOI.com and Chris at KBOI.com. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
888-900-9848-208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. If you want to get through to us uh, this morning, you can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Uh, Mike writes in, by the way, uh, email, says, once again, um, you guys have a problem with facts. A major flaw has emerged. Please inform your listeners that in Ada County, jurors are paid 58 cents per mile driving expense and uh, parking refund if the parking ticket cost is at the courthouse east side parking lot and is validated at $10 a day. Uh, we didn't say that they didn't get reimbursed, which both of those are reimbursements. We're saying that they didn't, I didn't think they got paid. 58 cents a mile is reimbursement for you driving to it. So you're not getting paid. Um, but the 10 bucks a day is your pay. Is, is your pay if you park, uh, you can get it, you know, once again, if you parking pass prove that you have to pay for parking, yes, mm-hmm. you do get that reimbursed. Um, at the federal courts, including Idaho's jurors, are paid $50 per day for the first 10 days and $60 after 10 days. Like if you're on a grand jury or something? I'm, yeah. Um, so thanks for that. Um, I do stand corrected. So I didn't know about the federal courts. I've never been now, on, they, on they, a federal court. They will ask you jury. if you'd like to waive your fees or your yeah. your pay, and then you can donate that donate <laughs> it back to the uh, the government, I guess, if you, um, if you are so inclined. Uh, another email in, uh, that is your argument that voter fraud might happen like the legislator's argument that foreign counties could influence Idaho's politics because they also have Powerball? It might be possible, but not probable. If you like, it, like you stated, then do we want just in uh, to enact crazy laws because something might happen? No, I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. I'm, I'm. My only argument was that by doing the whole, th- this whole thing, saying that it is voter suppression isn't true. That was my. Well, whole I mean, thing. The, the whole we argument, can have a different argument. The about, whole the whole gun control argument is based on what might happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we need to get rid of guns in so, case. Okay, so we either need to get rid of guns or make them harder to buy or only allow like one or two different kinds. If that's the way we're going to go with it, that you have to make a rule about anything that could possibly happen. Right. And we'll have to get rid of, well, basically any hand tools you could hit somebody over the head with. Yeah. How how about, how about we just make some laws about stuff that actually is happening? Yeah. um, How about we just enforce the laws that are already there? That it, well, it already yeah, is said, illegal to do. We, we, we've we've said that for years too. So adding, there's, adding there's probably, more laws. There's just, probably a, already a law that says you can't uh, vote fraudulently. Yeah, there is. Well, then why don't we just use that? I, you you tell me. I, I don't have an answer. I, I, yeah. Apparently, they want to cut it off at the past to make sure there's no chance that anybody could possibly uh, cheat, and there's no such thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't have an answer to that. It's like there's already laws against it, and you're right. We've had this same what argument it? when it comes what to gun the, laws. It's like, well, should we make it even more illegal to kill somebody? One of the congressmen somewhere, I forget which state, but one of the congressmen somewhere, his son tried to vote twice, and he was like 16 years old. That should be illegal. We should make a law. But that is illegal, and they oh, ca- they yeah. caught him doing it, and they uh, <laughs> they caught him doing it, and they uh, I don't know how much trouble he got into, but it was an offense. Um, yeah, and I was being sarcastic when I said, you know, we should make it a law that at 16 you shouldn't vote and you shouldn't vote twice. You're, you're exactly right. It, <laughs> exactly. It, it is, is against the law. But it's, but it's like with firearms. If you, if you use firearms the way they're supposed to be used, 
uh, if you go hunting, if you use them for protection, if you uh, you know if you go target shooting, anything like that, anything that's fun or whatever, uh, that's not harming somebody, then they're perfectly fine. All of them are. So I don't think we necessarily have to make a law getting rid of all of those just in case somebody might use them. Now, there are people that do use them incorrectly, and there are people that murder other people, and there are crazy people who open fire in a crowded place. Uh, I hate the fact that that happens, but every now and then something does, and you just have to deal with it at that point. You know, you, you can't keep everybody in a box for their whole life. Yeah. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Um, you can uh, comment, like I said, either one. Uh, is it gaming the system or voter suppression when it comes to the two bills? Uh, the good news is uh, every Thursday and Friday here on KBOI, we get to talk to legislators. Mm-hmm. Um, every Thursday, we get to talk to the House. So this will be something that will come up with the uh, House later this week. And then uh, the Senate on uh, Saturday, uh, we get to talk. And of course, um, they're still smack dab right in the middle. This is the time of year, by the way, that the legislature starts to get busy. I know it's weird to say that because it seems like the legislature has been busy so far all year long. They've gotten a lot of bills already done. We already are going to get a uh, tax rebate, for instance. That's already done in the past. Doing things and, and getting things done aren't always the same thing. But yeah, I can see they've been busy. I wanted to uh, share this little bit of uh, information um, with you for this weekend. Some of the uh, biggest COVID vaccine critics in the nation are all gathering here in Boise this week. Did you know that? Nope. Um, Conference that they will be here for is going to be taking place on Saturday, February 19th at Foothills Church in Boise. Conference is titled The Truth About COVID-19 and the Vaccines. It will feature Dr. Ryan Cole, who has been on on this radio station a couple of times, Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. Richard Urso, Dr. Heather Gessling, Dr. Kirk Millon, and his uh, wife, Kim. Now, Dr. Ryan Cole, you know him because he is uh, locally here. He rose to national prominence after uh, videos of his presentations on COVID-19 at uh, Idaho's Capital's Clarity Sessions last year went viral. Cole is a Mayo Clinic trained board certified uh, anatomical pathologist, clinical pathologist, and derma uh, topa pathologist. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Dr. Malone. There's probably about a 50% chance that you are. Probably. Dr. Robert Malone uh, helped develop mRNA vaccines in the 1980s. He's an uh, immunologist and virologist whose recent interview on the Joe Rogan podcast received tens of millions of views. So all these speakers, all at one time, once again, will be in Boise this weekend. Just wanted to let you know that it is happening. If you have interest, uh, conference scheduled to start 9 o'clock, end at 4.30. Tickets are $30 each and available at globalcovidsummit.org. Special VIP dinner, also available for 90 bucks. So if you want to pay the money, help them make some money, um, and want to go see this, you have a chance to go do that this weekend. If you don't have the money, it's just look on Twitter. It's all there. <laughs> Probably be shared, yeah. That's it for today. We're on a 20-hour break. We will be back again tomorrow, KBY News Time, 9.